The Republic of Rex is governed from here, the scarlet spires of Dexpra. Massive red rock pillars contain massive gleaming cities built into the cliff sides. At the top of the tallest spire sits Government Building. You know, the building where the government happens. And a new threat faces Rex, so government may need to jump into action, or at least discuss jumping into action. Um, hey, and what's up? Welcome to Questopedia, a character and world building podcast. Th- this one is a debate. This episode oh, is yeah. a debate, unlike the others, which are also debates. <laughs> yeah, we do tend to debate. This one, we're planning on a debate ahead of time. Now that you say that, we're going to come out and just be very passive, very friendly the whole time, have no yeah. points of contention. So, sorry, guys. This is a boring episode. Go ahead and skip it. So, continuing our theme of capitals, we are now in the capital city of the Republic of Rex. And so I thought it'd be fun for my quest to do kind of a, there, there sort of is a quest going on. There's an adventure. There is, there is some crisis that has come up, but our characters are going to be sort of one step removed as politicians uh, in the capital. So we're still going to do our dice roll like we always do, but it'll be sort of competitive. That'll like determine who wins the role and we'll get all in, into all the details later. But first, let's talk about, like, how does the government work here? We talked about the monarchy when we went to Violet Valley. But now that we're in the Scarlet Spires, I thought it'd be fun to talk about, like, what? I talked about this government building. Is it like a Senate? Well, we have established there is some kind of Senate. Maybe I should go through some things we have established about the way the government works. I think we've established that there is some kind of representative representation because it is a republic. And we've established that there's sort of local governors uh, in certain places that used to be appointed, but now are elected. So we have established some general government ideas. But since we are going to be the people in the government, I thought we should make sure that we know exactly what that is and like that kind of thing. So what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Um, I mean, it's a republic, right? Right. Is it? The, so there has to be some form Something of representative. Senate. Yeah. I think I think the big question we should answer is, do people represent geographic regions like we're used to? Or is it like different groups have a representative? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, representation doesn't have to be geographic. I I guess to start is I want to clarify this because the one of the big uh, decisions we made for the contrast of Violet Valley versus Scarlet Spires is we wanted it to be very authoritarian on one side. It's a definite monarch. Yep. And then on the other side, very much a republic. So with that, just to clarify, are we saying there is no, like, Senate head, Speaker of the House sort of thing? That's uh, a good question. So, like, taking it to extreme. Because if we're thinking, like, in states, we have a Senate, but we also have a president. Um, right. Like, getting into, like, different branches. I like, I kind of like the idea that, like, it is actually just a Senate that runs everything. Yeah. Um, like, if we're really leaning into the defining feature of this government is that it is a republic. I like that. Because we do have um, the majority leader in the Senate. And that's what I meant to say when I earlier said Senate head. Um, you know, they're kind right. of one in the same. Well, and that is what I've pictured for our characters, right? We're the leaders of parties within the Senate. Okay. Um, so we do have so we're, that, we're similar but to that. there that is, is no definitive. This is the, the voice, the face of the government. It right. is just very much a council and maybe you select an ambassador to represent you. Yeah, I think things like that could occur because you do need to communicate things to the public and things like that. There could an ambassador is a great name for it. I kind of like that. Um, but there isn't like I think the the more equivalent would be there's no like 
president of the Senate, which we do have, which is the vice vice president. Mm-hmm. Vice president is president of the Senate, if I remember correctly from the Constitution. <laughs> um, but I think here they're so resistant to anyone being like a monarch that they're like, no, like we really are just a Senate. But the question is like, how big is this? And we don't have to get like into like nitty gritty details, but I thought like, is it 10 senators? Is it like a council? Is it a hundred senators? Is it 338 senators? I like, I like the idea of it being kind of small ish. Okay. Just because like, I don't know. It just feels like, I guess different, different from what we're used to in the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it, I kind of like the idea that it's like, I, I still think it, it could be regional, you know, and where the regions aren't so yeah. subdivided like they are in like where we're from in the real world. Yeah. Um, it could be like, you know, sort of a council of like 12 or 13 or 14. Like, yeah, it could be a quorum. I, I, I like that. It's kind of hard for me to get my mind around anything other than regional representation, maybe. We do have our, like, we have three regions, basically, right? Within the Republic, we've got Dexpra, Noctocaristo, and Nidex. Um, we could have it be centered around those. My character, personally, is from Bright City in Noctocaristo. So I could see him being, like, a leader from Noctocaristo. Okay, if we're going with this, mine, I imagine, straight from Scarlet Spires. So right okay. in the heart of the city. Oh, if we wanted okay. to do it where we are the representatives of our regions, and I know we kind of talked about it potentially being different political parties. Um, yeah. But maybe regionally there is a lot of crossover, like the political yeah. philosophies of one area, or at least we are representing one of the parties of one of the regions. So maybe we are not the only well, three. Yeah. But, I, I don't think the party would align directly with the... Right, because you can have the a, regions, a, a, right? a party presence in, in every region. You know what I mean? Right. What if it is what if it is a council of nine where there is one member of each region from each party? You know what I mean? A three party like system. Like if you're from for three regions. Wait, what? Three party system. Three regions, three, three parties. Regions. So imagine like the alignment chart in D D. Yeah. It's like you could there's one person who is the Dexpra party A, Dr. Cristo party A, Nidex Party A, and then Dexpreb, Party B, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. there's just nine counselors. So like each region is represented, represented, and each party is represented. And then it seems kind of maybe too small. And maybe there's the awkward tenth who is just the representative of all the uh independent parties, basically funneling into one yeah. area. And their job is really tough because they do have to juggle all the interests of all the people who aren't one of the major parties. And so that's why they're kind of like the yeah. the forgotten tenth member, but they're always on the side of like, and what about the Druid Green Party over here? Yeah, uh, and I'm also representing like the Still Watch Gnomes, and yeah, they're conflicts interest, but we're gonna find a balance. You better listen. One one practical challenge of what I proposed is that we all have to be from different parties. So unless Jake is from Nidex, it would it would put two of us in the same bucket, right? Because we're all from different parties, so we can't be from the same regions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we go... I think I th- think I was over-describing. I don't think we want to go that specific. Let's just go for... There is a council from each region, okay. and then there are members of each party from each region. Maybe it's just the, the three most voted for parties each get a representative. That's something... Like whatever the three main. Oh, you're parties. saying independent of region. Yeah. yeah. So whatever yeah, in Nidex the three most voted for parties are, they make up a council and then they have an ambassador uh, 
to represent the three main factions within that. And then Nopto Kuriso might have their own three. And you might have uh, power plays where one part, party A has a big enough faction in each three regions that they get three ambassadors to represent them. And that's kind of that's kind of like, oh, yeah, the the Democrats have like a 70 percent hold on the House of Representatives. We're getting we're getting yeah. big initiatives taken care of now because of that sort of thing. I almost, I almost can't wrap my head around it. I proposed this idea and <laughs> I know, now like, I can't even like process it's like, it. It's like it's like six o'clock and my brain's like, <laughs> I think what it is, I, I think we go go simpler. We just say from each region, there are people elected, right? Yeah. Like there are party elections within, you know, whatever system they want to use for deciding who is the representative from that party. But like, it's like you could be the Nocto Cristo representative from, we are still getting down to like a fairly small council. I think we have, I think each region has nine representatives and it's usually balanced three, three, three. But if a region is more party A, they might have more representatives from party A, that kind of thing. I think that feels right. That feels right. And I know why we're having a hard time with this discussion. We didn't even introduce ourselves at the beginning of this. this oh. episode. We sure didn't. I'm Brian and Perry. So that's why we're confused. Makes sense. I, I'm Houston Bodley. And I am Jake Bush. And now people can know uh, the differences between us based on our voice. Mm -hmm. They don't have to guess. They don't have to look it up and stalk us. And now Wikipedia. we'll all be unified and clear in mind. Okay. Perfect. So where is your character from, Jake? I feel like we so should So this that. was something I was about to bring up because um, I didn't necessarily like decide what region they're going to be representing because it's not as clear. Okay. Because my character is an immigrant. Doesn't exist. <laughs> oh. <Because> immigrants. <laughs> and immigrants don't live anywhere. get the job done. Are you doing another human <laughs> character? No. <laughs> this is the most... I this put is it past the most you. like... Um, this is this is the biggest like deviation from my norm I would ever say when it comes to a character. Interesting. Okay. But um, so no, they they are from a place, but they are from Violet Valley. They immigrated. To, oh, okay. They they immigrated to um, where are we? Scarlet Spires. Um, Scarlet Spires. Uh, when they were a young lad, and that has okay. uh, their experience in both places has colored their political opinions and ideologies. Okay. So, uh, but I think uh, I think it would make sense that you would be representing Scarlet Spires still. Yeah, that works. Okay. That's all I was wanting to know was like, what, what, where do you represent? So you two both represent Dexpra and I represent Nocto Cristo. We do not, I mean, there are representatives from an IDEX, but it's not any of us. Yes. Yep. That works for me. Cool. I feel like I got a rough idea of how that, how that shook out. Yeah. There's a Senate. It's geographic based. There's three parties. There's no like higher level leadership. This is the council that decides things. And there's 27 members. That seems like a, a good size. Yeah, sure. It's like a good, mm -hmm. slightly bigger than just like a conference table. Yeah. Yep. You'd need a bigger room for the it. Of but not like a huge. If you have 27 data samples, then then you're clear. That's like a classroom. Yeah. Can we argue now? No. Let's argue. It's arguing time. <laughs> I don't want to argue. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Well, then we'll we'll introduce our characters and then we'll argue. Okay. Who wants to go first? I can go first this time. I'll go first. Oh, Jake, go ahead. I feel like I, I don't Everyone's go first. Everyone's so willing to go first this time. Sometimes we <laughs> hesitate. Yeah, I usually wait for somebody else to volunteer so then I can like uh, I can one up their character on the fly. Oh crap! I just gave away <laughs> you my never strategy. Do. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said, my character is from uh, actually originally from Violet Valley. They are a monk 
And I'm going to give you a little bit of like background on them before I, I give the rest of their kind of core stats. So okay. they are sort of known as a, not man, because they're not human, but a man, sort of your man of the people type sort of, of politician, okay. right? You're salt of um, the earth. Salt of the earth, right. Exactly. We're going to get there. So um, he uh, does not come from like any sort of family of politicians or any sort of like dynastic politicians, political group or whatever. In, in Violet Valley, he was born among the working class. His mother was a school teacher and his father was a garbage collector. And he was very much like he was very smart and very wise as a young child. And he noticed that there were like these these really big disparities among like classes. Right. Um, and he noticed that, like, for him, for example, he lived in a neighborhood that was just called Orange. And he realized <laughs> that there were all these other neighborhoods that used, like, hexadecimal codes or RGB codes, and they all considered themselves to be better. And then there was just this kind of authoritarian, like, uh, government looming over everything. And he was, like, deeply, like, impacted by the inequality and injustice that he saw around them, Right. So his family, being from kind of the working class, um, they decided to flee Violet Valley and uh, head on over to a place where um, dreams come true, which is Scarlet Spires, where there is a formed republic. And he was inspired to become a politician in order to fight against injustice and bring equality to the people and sort of like fight for the underdogs, right? And so he nice. has garnered like quite a bit of support among people who feel the same way he does, but he has also garnered quite a bit of opposition because um, he has like certain ideas that still are, are somewhat unpopular and kind of shake up the status quo. Like he's willing to go to more extreme lengths than people are used to in order to achieve mm. equality. Okay. Controversial. I, I like that you're being broad about it because we still do not know what our political stances are, but I do like that you're writing it as right. the, he is the extreme version of like, he are. doesn't see himself as an extremist, but some other people do. And so that's why like he has a good backing of people who like his ideas. And then he has a solid opposition of people who are like, no, this guy's nuts. He's off his rocker, right? He's too obsessed with like, equality and and achieving it like by going to lengths that we don't normally go to and so we don't like this guy he's scary right um now his he he comes from a very diverse family um his father was a water genasi and he is and his his uh, mother was a fire genasi and so he just refers to himself as a genasi are you just doing the plot of elemental Presented no. by Pixar. No, I'm not. I, in fact, <laughs> I've never sequel. even seen that. So if I am, I'm impressed by myself. I don't think anyone has seen Elemental. I, I have. It, it's fine. It's okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> he has sort of that that mix going on of uh, of his father was a water genasi, his mother was his mother was a fire genasi, and so when they named him, they wanted to give him a name related to water and a name related to fire, and so uh, what they came up with was Sandy Burners. <laughs> What does that have to do with water? Sand. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> sand, like sand from sand from the ocean. Oh, okay. Sure. And so <laughs> some people will Bernie. be like, you know, like his supporters, they'll be like, because he likes to go against the, the grain of things, they'll be like, feel the sand. <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah, he's a monk. He is uh, very high in wisdom, very low in strength because he's super old. He's like 100 years old. And uh, that is my politician, Sandy Burners, man of the people. I'm guessing he's a four elements monk who just knows fire and water spells. Yeah, but but for him, like his whole thing is that uh, he doesn't like breaking things up into like a whole bunch of classes. And so that's why when people ask him like, well, what are you? He's like, what do you mean? What am I like? That's offensive. And he's just like, I'm a person I'm, and my, a person, name my name is Sandy. I'm a person and my, my, my name, my is, Sandy name is, Sand, <laughs> is Sandy Burners. <laughs> Sandy is short for Sandy. And uh, he, he does have like, he is kind of like uh, part of a political party that he has kind of spun up himself. It's not really recognized as like, oh, nice. it's fun. It's not like, yeah. And, and the reason that it's not like, a super super popular political party is because it does like carry um imagery and um uh, what's the word like iconology from violet valley and what his party is is just mm. the primary colors party and they have a logo and it's just red yellow blue that like blend in the middle to represent that like we're not all so different but when we come together we can have like a rich tapestry of people and it doesn't have to be so separated by class and separated into a, into eight thousand hexadecimal codes that's beautiful yeah and that's great with that's the primary Sandy elections i'm sure oh yeah people love him <laughs> because he you know he's he's like shaking things up he's all about like equality for the people it doesn't matter where you're from or what family you come from like you have a right to to happiness and and to a good living um but then you know he suggests like ways of going about that that rub people the wrong way kind of like sandpaper and then when people don't like it they're like his supporters are like hey, hey you know what Feel the sand. <laughs> and that's him. Nice. Um, I like that he is not one of the major parties then. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like, I guess it depends on what, we, you know, unless you want to say that this is one of the major parties, but I don't think it is. Like, yeah. I think it's kind of like his, like, it's almost like his own personal movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not necessarily a party. Okay. I think what it is, he has his own party, but I, I wonder if in order to get elected, he does have to technically run as yeah. one of the three parties. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that would Or maybe sense. like... Maybe there always are. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. What well, What was the name of the party? Primary Colors. The Primary Colors Party. Cool. I also like that it's three themed. Yeah. It's like a third party. Yeah. Exactly. He's like he's. Uh, he, I mean, maybe he's even running as an independent, and he got elected that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because he yeah. is kind of the the outlier in terms of the norm. But yeah. Right. He's unifying all the colors into his own independent primary party. Right. But then you also have people who are like. What do you what is this guy on about like he's from Violet Valley and he's still obsessed with like colors. We don't do that here like in the way that they do over there by separating the the neighborhoods and stuff. But he like uses the stories of his youth to explain how, you know, we we really only have three colors. And but when we blend them all together, we have a, a beautiful, rich, you know, spectrum of colors. And indigo is not one of them. That's one of his like uh that's one of his opinions that rubs some people the wrong oh, way. Oh, well, he doesn't, he doesn't have my vote. <laughs> exactly. And to that, I would just say, hey, feel the sand. Sandy burners sand. can burn in hell. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, it's working. It's working. He already has some extreme opposition, even though all he wants to do is be nice to people. <laughs> I got to say, feel the sand is not like the strongest slogan you've come up with. Because the strongest slogan you came up with is "Roses are red, violets are yeah, blue." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still think about that sometimes. <laughs> I'll just randomly remember that and be like, "That was good." Yeah. 
that was that was kind of like a that that was very much the kind of ideology that this guy doesn't like though because you know he uh, didn't yeah. like that people from Blue Valley were trying to tell people from Violet Valley that they were part of them and they're better and blah blah blah. He's like, wait, isn't that what you're saying by prioritizing the primary colors? No, no. Well, he's he's all about simplicity of of colors and that like they all blend together in harmony. Oh, right? okay. He believes it sure. that pretty much all colors stem from a, an origin theory of like Adam and Eve and Jer Jebediah, where it's like there's three, there's an origin of three, and everything stems from it. Yes, he's deeply Christian. <laughs> no, he's not. Actually. Adam and Eve and Chris. <laughs> anyway, that's Sandy Bernard, okay, man of the sweet. people. At least some of them. All right, people. who's going next? Do you want to go? I can go. Uh, I can go. Uh, I, okay. I'm probably not the best one to end on because I'm I'm a little bit of a rogue, a little bit. Well, I'm not actually a rogue. That is not my class. I am an artificer, uh, specifically an artillerist artificer. Uh, my character's name is Colin Cumberbunch, and he <laughs> is a red dragonborn. A little bit about Colin Cumberbunch. He grew up on the streets uh, in the in the rough ghettos of Scarlet Spires. So at the bottom of the spires for the most part. And, you know, he he was a child prodigy. He was very intelligent. He was doing well on his test scores, despite the system not really uh, catering well to people from his background. Um, and so he rose up and uh, went to... He, he got a scholarship to the university, which... The local university for him was Burgundy University, or Bergsery, as they like to call it. So he went to Bergsery. Bergsery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had a natural inclination towards fire. He can, he can breathe it. He is resistant to it. He just liked to dabble in fire. Uh, he was very good with, uh, with arson-related studies, you might say. And so he ended up getting a job in an artificery shortly thereafter, uh, where he was part of the R&D facility that helped develop weapons. And, you know, he was very patriotic, just wanted to be, you know, I'm I'm living the Scarlet Spired stream here. I'm helping yeah. support our, our military that protects us from invaders. I am uh, giving us more jobs by creating uh, a product that opens up more factories until uh, one day, some uh, some of his weapons he noticed were being used out on the streets and very violently, very aggressively. And he decided, you know, what, I quit. I, I'm done with this violence. I can no longer adhere to the policies that our, our government is uh, proposing of supporting this militia and using these extremely dangerous uh, fire related weapons. And so he tried to back out and he got hunted down by unknown figures that may or may not be tied to the Scarlet Spires FBI. He got beat Ooh. up. He got threatened to come back because there really wasn't an, another prodigy like him. He was kind of really the key that made these new highly potent weapons circulate well. Uh, and so they're threatening, threatening him. And he eventually came to the decision, you know what? Okay, give me a couple weeks. I just need to recollect myself. Uh, stabilize mentally, just come to, and you, and then I'll be ready to come back and work. Well, instead, what he actually did is he spent those two weeks devising a, uh, 
like V for Vendetta style plan where he just started going around town and rigging up bombs. And then he got a symphony to play the 1812 Overture. And then before you know it, there was just explosions going all over town. They were focused on uh, militia barracks, uh, important government buildings. He even tried to get one in government building, the top one. Whoa. But not government building, the beloved building, building of government. Government building? <laughs> yes, in government building. But it was a little too high. I don't for know him. why it's so silly to call a building government building. We have stuff like Constitution Hall. How's that different? <laughs> the Capitol building. It's the building in the Capitol. Yeah. Anyway, lots of booms, lots of explosions. And he never got caught because the people that were threatening him, that were forcing him to come back, were in those buildings. And he just realized, you know what? I've got a higher calling in this life. And so he started an underground movement of arsonists. Uh, they were called the firefighters, but they only called it themselves the firefighters. No one else knew what okay. they were really called. But their whole policy was going around and anonymously threatening important government politicians into uh, passing legislature that was in their favor that got rid of policies that they uh, wanted uh, removed or passed or else. Boom. Simple as that. Um, and you know what? Mm. There became a point where he was just, he was just a pyromaniac. He just got really invested in, I'm, I'm going to make increasingly stronger and stronger demands in hopes that I just get an excuse to burn something down. It was kind of his idea. <laughs> Love it. Um, this definitely is a, a politician. <laughs> well, so this went on for years and years. Uh, and eventually, you know, he just came to the point where he's like, I could keep with this arson game. I could keep it going. Or, you know what? I, I, I think it's time to reveal myself, not who I am, what I've been doing, but just announce myself as Colin uh, Cumberbunch, the politician. And now... If I get elected, if I get in this high Senate chair, I'm going to have whatever power I need to. And honestly, I can just I can just go hunt down my political adversaries and I will have a free excuse to just uh, burn them away if I need to or whatever opposition comes my way. I will have unchecked power if I'm in this Senate. Uh, will I be open about it? No, but eh, I'll, I'll leave some clues there. I'm I. I do want people to appreciate my work a little bit. So yeah, he ran on the firefighters political party and that is Colin Cumberbunch, the former racketeer arsonist still just using his political title as uh, a protection against his greater sins that he wants to commit. Yeah. Okay. So just, just another character in a row that is just a straight up murderer. Yeah. But he, do, he does want to do some good in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By murdering the right people. Murdering yeah. the right people, exactly. He, he believes, yeah. he calls it the scorched earth policy, where he's like, we need to get out, <laughs> get the regime out of the way, start new, start fresh, uh, new economic policies, new trade, new uh, social acceptance, all that. Scorched earth, who's with me? And little do people know, he literally means scorched earth. But we'll, we'll get there. If he wins out. This so game. what you're saying is we don't want you to win this debate. Yeah, but the dice will decide. <laughs> okay. 
that's the risk of running a government by by random chance. Yep. Can I re- can I retcon uh my my politician's uh campaign slogan yes. real quickly? Well, no, I do still want to keep with some people like to shout feel the sand because it's just funny to me. But also his ideas in in reference to his ideas, people have like bumper stickers that say Sandy Burners. He's rough and he's coarse, but he gets everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. And then the last thing I'll add is it, he is a dragonborn, so it's hard to do a celebrity look like. But to other dragonborns, he looks like Brian Cranston. Nice. I mean, Brian Cranston kind of looks like a dragonborn. Oh, that's true. Bit. He's got all the right sort of like they're not like wrinkles, but he got he's got sort of creases like in his face. Bad to kind of give Cranston that same dragonborn. effect. He's yeah. w- when he's putting on his political voice he's definitely got more of the howl from malcolm in the middle vibe not as oh, yeah yeah not as dumb-witted in a sense but just like the charming like ah, oh, i'm so happy you're here i i yeah i'm pleased to work with you and then when he gets serious when he gets in pyro mode it's definitely brian cranston from breaking bad i this is our second brian cranston character oh, uh, really in, uh, in the world it's our first duplicate i had a brian cranston Okay. Um, he w- but he was a halfling, and it was my character who actually was a Aaron Paul Tabaxi. So ah. he was formerly a Brian Cranston lookalike as a halfling. So. That's right. So not actually a duplicate, but kind of. Yeah, the start of this uh, journey actually took some pivots along the way of describing this. It was going to be kind of a Breaking Bad, like he was uh, a, 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 the equivalent of an artificery chemistry teacher went bad and started ah, right. doing pyro stuff. I, I decided to not do it directly on the nose, and it got a little too close to, like, some racial war stuff that I wasn't proud of, but here we are. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, all right, and I will go next or last, both. Um, my character, uh, I actually have two characters, and you'll see why. So my character that I will actually be playing is named, oh, and let me get my doc up. Uh, is Kelric Turan. Uh, he's a high elf, uh, and he is from Bright City, like I said. Uh, his class is actually expert sidekick, though. <laughs> he's a sidekick, and he is 150 years old. So, you know, a young pup for, a, for an elf. And his job is to assist the real senator, who is Stan, the gelatinous cube. Uh, also known as Senator Stan. So Kelric was was actually just working for the city, um, tending to the city mascot, who was a gelatinous cube. There was a, a committee that decided, hey, you know what would be a cool stunt? Let's, let's have Stan run for mayor. Wouldn't that be fun? You know those small towns that are like, oh yeah, our mayor is a dog. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of the same idea, but with a gelatinous cube. <laughs> um, but then he ended up winning, and they're like, well... You know, the rules say that's binding. Like, he ha- is the mayor. Yeah. So they're like, well, it doesn't really matter. We've got the city council. We've got things like that. It's fine. Let's just make Kelric be sort of his executive assistant. Just helps him out with things. Like, sort of actually, you know, attends meetings. Uh-huh. You know, goes to ribbon cuttings. That kind of thing. I right? It was that. very, very uh, low, low stakes. Not very important. But then Kelric decided, you know, maybe I could actually make something of this. He's starting to, like, meet important people through this. And he's like, maybe Stan needs like a real political career. 
And so he keeps sort of just using soft power to just sort of influence people and be like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have Stan go to the Scarlet Spires and like talk to the Senate. Wouldn't that be fun? Like I could take him and just slowly starts working his way up. So now Stan is a high ranking senator in the Senate representing Bright City or representing Dr. Caristo. And Kelrick is, you know, he's there. He's there to help. He will, uh, he'll give speeches for Stan. It's really Kelrick who's, who's running everything, but you know, it's kind of fun. Um, Kelrick has sort of a laid back persona. He was sort of like a, he wasn't really going anywhere in his life until this happened. Uh-huh. And he just kind of kept up that appearance. He's like, yeah, he's he's kind of a bum. You know, he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and cargo pants and sandals to the Senate floor. Because it's like he's he's the assistant of the real senator, right? So like he's not dumb. He does know he, he is a senator. He basically is a senator and everyone knows he is a senator. It's not like they've they're everyone's stupid and just elected a non-speaking barely sentient thing right right they understand that he is sort of the one there but they kind of are like yeah we just keep him around because people like it right people people think it's fun and we got it we have to deal with this guy but like he's he's harmless but he like he he plays he's playing the game he knows he knows what to do so Kelrick Turan he's played by Andy Richter okay famous sidekick love it yeah and he's he's a member of the fresh air party and their whole Mm. thing is just don't just don't you know don't make too many waves She's like, everyone likes fresh air. Just don't say anything that people will disagree with. Yeah. So like, kinda, I feel like they're... you're very, very much the opposite of Jake and I and our political yeah. approaches yeah. with this. Yeah. My first instinct was to do like a, a crooked politician. And I was like, no, I'm going to go the other way. So he is, <laughs> he is that kind of like, there's a little bit of sort of shadow to him. Yeah. He, he does kind of have this like persona that he's putting on, but like overall pretty decent guy. And, he he is a little bit like making making his life better by doing this, right? Yeah. A lot of his motivation is like, yeah, I can live the good life. I can live like a senator if I can just keep up this thing of like I'm you know, I'm just working with with Senator Stan. I, I will say this, he's got my vote. Yeah. I don't care about supporting yeah. Colin Cumberbunch at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's a charming guy. It's Andy Richter. Like yeah. you look at Andy Richter and you're like, yeah, why isn't he in charge? Right. Or at least supporting the guy in charge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Are we ready for our uh our scenario, I think, is what you'd call it in a, like a Mach one situation. Crisis alert. <laughs> I, I think so. So I have written up um, a quest. So this is sort of like what I normally would share with you guys ahead of time as the quest. But I thought it'd be more fun if it was just like, no, we're, all you know is the scenario is we are politicians. We are going to be discussing an issue and we'll roll to determine who gets to do the thing, who, who, whose choice becomes the, the uh, course of action for the Senate. And just start start fresh with a, with a new scenario. Like Houston mentioned briefly, our political parties are not like necessarily defined by like specific ideologies, right? Except fire and colors. Fire and colors, and don't <laughs> don't rub anyone the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah, and do rub everyone. The so way. we have, we've kind of defined a little bit about the parties, but uh, I specifically picked a scenario that like I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion about how it should work out. So here it is. There is something going on down in Nidex, which is why I was especially curious if we were going to have a character from Nidex. I think it's more fitting for us to make decisions about something that we have no claim or title over. Yeah, that's our job. Our, our job, we're in an abstraction. This whole thing, this dice roll is an abstraction of like, there are the rest of the Senate, right? The other 24 members of the Senate that are representing those things. But like, 
we are representing our parties within that. It's all an abstraction, right? So there are representatives from from uh, NIDAX who are who are part of this, but but since we are the high ranking members of our parties, we are the ones having this debate. So what has happened in NIDAX is that the Outlast cult. I actually, okay, I don't remember if the Outlast cult. I don't think we defeated them, right? I think we thought I we did. So. I don't think we did because we messed up our communication with with the dog. Or maybe my character just failed. Trying to remember. Your character anyway. failed. Jake and I succeeded, and we became good friends. The dog and the and I think overall we kind of succeeded. Flew off into but, the sunset. So we'll we'll say this is like the teachings of the Outlast cult, like the influence of the Outlast cult that was left after they were sort of beaten down, um, has spread. They outlasted the Outlast cult, you might say. Yeah, exactly. The Outlast cult got outlasted. Um, so those ideas of like every you know everyone for themselves, that kind of thing have spread quite a bit. And in Ottenham, especially the Ottenham Depths, which is the inverse inverted mountain city, they have actually decided to declare themselves an independent city, just like Dark City, but sort of following the principles of the Outlast cult. They're like, no, being part of the Republic is dragging us down and we need to do what's best for Ottenham. Um, and they they renamed it Ottenomatopia, which <laughs> it's like a utopia, right? But in Ottenham, but it also kind of looks like onomatopoeia, but mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it to make that joke work. So I'm just explaining it here. I appreciate it. Onomatopoeia, onomatopoeia, something like that. But anyway, nice. that's what's going on. So they have declared uh, independence and we have to decide what to do. Okay. Um, just going to tell you this much. I kind of hate it because I wanted to be the, the villain that you guys teamed <laughs> up against. But I got a 19. So good luck beating. Oh, no. Beating All me. right. Well. I better roll better here. I got, are, are we announcing our, our rolls right now? Yeah, we're doing our rolls because we're going to present in order of lowest to highest. Okay. Well, I got a two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I got a 16. So whatever happens, we will at least be successful in it. But uh, we will see what Houston's character has for us. Yeah, but so Jake will go first. And much yes. like the real life equivalent of Sandy Burns, Sandy Burners, sorry. Uh, he yeah. will come in third in this debate. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so Sandy Burners, um, he gets up and he just says, Listen, if these people down here, they want their independence, there's got to be something bigger going on that, that we're not looking at. This is not the time to just roll in with sheer strength and beat them into submission. We need to take a look at where their core humanitarian needs being met. Were they able to work for a living? Were they given the respect they deserve? I propose that we all give up all of our salaries, every single member of this council. <laughs> we put together a convoy, and we go down and we offer them a better way of life, more resources, more happiness, more opportunity. And we say, all this is yours, but we do wish to have the cooperation of, of your people amongst this region. And that's it. Give me all your money. <laughs> all right. And that, that is somehow not going to work with the Senate. <laughs> so, so to be clear, your stance was the Senate should give all of their money to the Ottenham Depths in hopes that they will yeah, not mind. Because his take is they yeah. wouldn't have succeeded from the Union unless they were experiencing enough um, inequality and injustice that they felt like they needed to. And so clearly I mean, we need to yeah. make things right with them. Hard to argue and with. then they'll make things right with us. I, I I can't say I would vote for this policy personally. <laughs> really? Well, but especially if you're in the Senate. Exactly. 
You got to know from me, dog. Well, he is rough and he's coarse. So my my physician, <laughs> but he gets everywhere. He does, his ideas do get everywhere. <laughs> um, Kelrick's position is going to be. Uh, I really just think that we should let them do whatever they want. Like if I mean, it worked for Dark City. Dark City is fine. You know, it. I mean, we don't really like it. Uh, I think we. I think most of us do like the Ottenham Depth. So it kind of. It's kind of sad to not have them around. But uh, if they want to separate from us, I don't see any point doing anything other than just letting them. Like it, I don't see them doing any harm. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a lot of hassle, is what I'm saying. It seems like a lot. I think a lot of people are going to be kind of mad if we. If we, you know, try to stop them, what do we even do? You know, there's only 27 of us, and we, I don't, I don't really know if we have an army. Uh, no one, no one's really told me that. He, this is all that part's a lie. Right? He, he obviously does know, but I, Brian, don't know. So I'm gonna say that as in character, he's gonna lie and say that he doesn't know. Um, I don't know. It just seems kind of a, kind of a pain. Seems like it'd be nicer, and you know, people would be more happy with uh, just letting them be their own thing. Just just let them segment off. Like you know, what are they really providing us? We don't need an army. The last thing we need in this region is more soldiers and more armies. What we need is is more equality and more compassion and more understanding. And then some like random voice from like outside a window just goes, "Feel the sand." <laughs> I like the idea that his fans use the feel the sand logo or slogan but he's trying to get the other one to catch on yeah he's like don't say <laughs> don't say feel the sand that's <laughs> nothing he's like ignore that ignore that that's don't, like the one thing people don't like to do with sand is feel it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's my my stance my stance is we should do absolutely nothing about it <laughs> and jake's right. give them money to sorry sandy burners <laughs> is to give them money in hopes that They'll come crawling back. Not not just give them money. Give them our money, the money of the elites. <laughs> yeah, the the twenty seven senator. We all give our salaries to them. All right, let's see let's see what Colin Cumberbatch's actual solution that we're going to agree with is. <laughs> Keep in mind, we are going to agree with it, so don't go too wild. Uh, yeah. So I just want to remind everyone a a fun twist that I am doing this season is the Moon Dust has built up collectively at this point. And there are certain, I forget what I, dust touched, uh, moonies. I, I yeah, can't remember. Sure. Wild magic something. The, okay, the hold moon on. Touch. Actually, can I, can the I establish moonlit. something before you say this? We're going to call them the moonlight. Yes, go ahead. Okay. If you're, if you have a negative part thing on your wild magic roll, can it actually give you a negative to your roll so that I have a chance of beating you? <laughs> no, cause mine definitely helps my case. Okay. <laughs> There we uh, go. Brace yourselves, everyone. Don't worry. I think I think this is a good first of this series of three episodes for Scarlet Spires because it'll give kind of a, a bad thing that we're starting off with. In the next two episodes, we can kind of clear up okay, the mess yeah. we made. Deal with the fallout. Yeah. So yeah, just rehash. There are people there called the Moonlit, which is the moon dust that has been falling from the moon onto the land. Has magical properties. A lot of the magic comes from it. Some people have grown to develop a, a a magical resonance from the moon dust which basically translates to even if they are not a sorcerer sometimes wild magic surges happen to these characters and so that will be a part of my speech at some point but you you do see uh people arguing filled sand and uh let bygones be bygones and all this and the whole chamber is getting a little out of hand and then just in the back there is one dragonborn, one red dragonborn who's been quiet for the most part, 
and then he picks up his cane and just slams it on the on the marble floor and it echoes throughout and everyone goes quiet. And he stands up and starts walking towards the front with his cane and goes, my dear ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's oh, southern now. I've always been southern. I'm okay. tall and cumberbunch. In, in, the, in the literal down valley region of Scarlet Spires, we do have a southern accent. Thank you for pointing to my heritage, because that's where this all begins. I'm, I like the idea that the bottom of the spires are called the southern end. Yes. And when I grew up in the southern end, I will tell you this much. We were, we were ignored. We were overlooked and often forgotten about. And you know what happens to the people you overlook that you dismiss, that you just, just let be themselves. They, they grow wild. They grow hungry and they grow rebellious. And I don't know about you, but the reason we have the government building all the way up at the top here is because we want to avoid the southern end because it's dangerous. It's Riley. And my fellow politician here from the Fresh Air Party, he wants us to do the same to Nocto Caristo, to, to Autumn Depths. I, I apologize. It's just the Autumn Depths. Nocto Caristo is already a lost cause. But he wants us to ignore it. He wants us to leave it be. And it's so far down. It's so out of the way. It won't bother us. But it's, it's going to get messy. And before you know it, the Outlast cult's going to grow big and ferocious and start marching northwards towards us. Sorry, upwards. I, we call no, up north sometimes. It's a southern end <laughs> dialect thing. Now, I, I was fortunate to get out of the southern end. I uh, raised myself with a great intellect and studied the finest books. And because of it, I was handed a whole lot of money from Burgiversary. And you know what? That's what they usually assume. You give a man money, he's going to be compliant. He's going to do what you need. But you know what it's really, what it really is? It's just an excuse to not have to deal with them, to not have to address the threat they are to your, to your society. See, if I didn't get the scholarship to Burgiversary, I might have been a rebel rouser like my other Southern Indians, and I would have been tearing up the place down there. But no, they tried to buy my silence with money. But you know what that money does? It just makes you think that you're lesser. Eventually, it'll boil inside. Flame breaks in your heart, and all you want to do is upend the people who say they have control over you. My friend Sandy Burners, he wants to just buy off the people in hopes that they'll come back. But you know what? They'll resent us. They'll just think that we are their controllers. And maybe they'll use that money to create a stronger army, stronger defenses. But it's only postponing the problem. Here's, here's the hard truth for all of you. They are a disease. They are a plague. They are past Whoa. saving at this point. And no matter what policy we are going to do, they're going to resent us. And sometimes, like the phoenix, which is the majestic mascot of my party, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta fight the fire with fire. And sometimes you need to initiate something I like to call the scorched earth policy. Now, Tottenham Depths, it's lost. It's been harboring the Outlast community for a long time. But you know what we need to do? 
we need to scorch that earth. Rye out, burn out all these ugly festerings that are going on there. And then, once every last one of those outlast cultists are burned, then they rise anew like the phoenix. And then my character just cuts you off and he goes, I understand your, your position. And as like a last ditch, as a, as a last ditch effort, he goes, but I am once again asking for your salary. And at this point, because I forgot to do it earlier, his wild magic surge kicks in and I did roll a 94, which is your size increases by one size category for the next minute. Whoa. So he just becomes this large, booming dragonborn. And he says, now is the time to act. I've been building the weapons and the tools in which we will refine our militia. And we will send them down. And we will burn the city that once would be called Autumn Dents. And we will build it anew as Phoenix Rising. And the whole chamber starts to slow clap. My character oh, no. slow um, claps, but he first puts on two pair, like he puts on a pair of very fluffy mittens and crosses his legs and just looks kind of annoyed. <laughs> um, I think Kelric is just like, well, it seems like people like this idea, so okay. And he starts clapping as well. This is the end of democracy in a round of applause. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, Kelric is definitely the Jar Jar Binks of this situation. <laughs> in that he really does know what's going on. Here's the thing we've never done this in the past. I'm okay with making Colin Cumberbunch one of our villains for the overarching okay. storyline. Pass him over to the, to the villain side. Yeah. I, I did not. I mean, he definitely sounds this. like one. Yeah, yeah. I did not intend to win this debate. I just wanted to play the heel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, uh, I'm fine with that. That was a terrifying speech. It truly was. I was I was scared the whole time. And so was my character. But he realized that he values um, the process. And if this is what the people have agreed, then he has to stay silent. So I, I think I, I think what that amounted to was we're basically declaring war on the Ottenham Depths. Yep. Um, burn it down. And feel the burn. Burn it down. <laughs> no, not feel the sand. Feel the burn. <laughs> and everyone's like, what does that have to do what? with feeling? Oh, what? <laughs> and then my character goes, no one has literally ever made that connection before. <laughs> How dare you take my name in vain? People could have said that about me. My last name's still Burners. <laughs> exactly. Well, if anything has come about this, that is a silver lining. It has made me want to do some good characters again. So we yeah. can look forward to that. Um, have we established, we probably do need to figure out at this point, does, uh, does the Republic have like an established military? Like I said, I didn't know um, in my speech, but like I, we must, it seems like, if we've got the c capacity to do this. Um, I mean, my character's background is that he has been building weapons and materials for the, yeah. the military. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, now, he has been doing a lot as far as terrorist activities to dispose of them. But I think as he started uh, removing them, he's been replacing it with his own followers who have been loyal to him. So it's kind of this new like cult militia sort of thing. And I mean, terrifying. So uh, that's what we've got to deal with for the next couple episodes before we, uh, before we leave this region. All right. And uh, you know, the post credit, we just see like, I concede. <laughs> Andy Richter conceded as soon as he saw anyone clapping. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> well, it seems like I'll make people mad. if I disagree with uh, Mr. Cumberbunch. I, I, I feel like I've mentioned this before in, previous episodes but so far all of my characters in the podcast have been 
variations of D&D characters I've made in real life, either as NPCs yeah. for as like quest givers or characters I've played. And I did play this character. He wasn't as articulate. He was just kind of a mad pyro scientist, but he <laughs> did get kicked out of the D&D group. Like he was voted out as this guy's too wily. And and yeah, I, I feel like nothing ever good happens when Colin Cumberbunch is involved. Yeah, I mean, it, it is hard to pull off a an evil character. So, congrats. And he, I don't think he was as evil before. He but he did he burn evil. down an orphanage. I think that's the reason they kicked him. Out. Okay, so yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty. We, we were we were fighting evil people in the orphanage, but he also used it as an excuse of, "Oops, I caught the walls <laughs> on fire." Tisk tisk. Yes. Oh man. Good good times. Good times. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks for joining us on Questopedia. That was up, and bye. Spicy one.